You are now tuned in to Mastering Mitzvahs. Mastering Mitzvahs. A podcast focused on creating the perfect bar and bat mitzvah celebration. Offering tips, tricks, and trends to ensure an amazing event. Mastering Mitzvahs. From New Jersey's own explosive entertainment. Explosive entertainment. I know you're going to dig this. And here they are. Your hosts, Jordan Marshall, Dylan Weissman, and Mike Langser. Who's talking first? I, I purposely didn't say anything up front. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like looking at him, looking down, I'm like, Jordan, it's you. You're on. You're doing it. I'm sorry. I was trying. You know what? I don't think it's 30 seconds. Is that a 30 second intro? No. No. Yo, it, it's like an it's like uh it's I think there's an 808 on that or an up tempo. It's an up tempo 30 second countdown. It's the remix because I'm trying to post and all of a sudden it's like two one. I'm like, but I got <laughs> it. We're good. We're live and we're doing it. Gentlemen, what's good? Hey man, I want to move you up here, Jordan, and I want to move Mike down here. There we go. Do okay. it, do it with me as you please. Somebody's cell phone is obviously the volume is still up. That's me. I'm trying to share it. I mean, what a bunch of amateurs we are today. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's like, you know, you try to be prepared, but, you know, you're just juggling too many things. Only so so prepared. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're pretty prepared, man. We got a great episode today, dude. I'm super excited. And, uh, guys, if you've been tuning into our show uh, over the past couple weeks, we've been taking a dive into the core team uh, to start here at Explosive Entertainment. Uh, two weeks ago, you guys were on the burner with me, learning a little bit about myself. Last week, we had Dylan Weissman, one of our partners that represents our PA branch, and uh, we got to know a little bit about him. And today, today, I feel like today's the culmination. This is cool because Mike is the glue of Explosive. A little bit of Dylan, a little bit of myself, back and forth. And uh, we're going to get to learn about you today, Mike. I'm down. I'm down. I'm going to turn my ringer off, too, because I'm just a mess right now. Mess, man. Oh, yeah. Is that the official I- start? Well, Apple, you know, Apple products try to sync everything and make everything good, but my phone is silenced, but it rings on my computer. Like, I don't want that to happen. It just happens. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Problems. Sure is. Do it. How you Let's go to airplane mode. Maybe that'll solve my. No, uh, don't go to air. Don't go to airplane. Oh, on your. Yeah. Okay. Do whatever. Do whatever you want. I don't know anything about it. All right. So let's talk. What's up? You guys are just going to drill me with questions or roast me. I'm, I'm, I'm down. So, uh. So welcome to Mastering Mitzvahs Live, the podcast focusing on all things bar about mitzvah related. We are on episode 85, and the last three weeks we've been doing a, a more or less a series on, uh, you know, the ownership team, kind of going back to grassroots uh, and figuring out, you know, look, there's great entertainment, but great entertainment starts from a great entertainment company, and a great entertainment company stems from great entertainment uh, ownership. So, um, you know, over the last uh, month or so, we've been you know, cutting it up and trying to get to know uh, both on a personal, professional, and maybe even, you know, some unprofessional level uh, of our team here. We did Jordan up first, uh, and then myself, and now it's time for episode 85, getting to know our vice president, uh, Mike Langsner. So um, I, I want to kick things off with, I think the way that we've done it for every, uh, for every one of us is what, how did you get started in the entertainment industry? I'm going to date myself because we were talking about my my years of DJing versus the age of some of our dancers the other day. Um, I'm turning 43 this summer, and on my 13th birthday, so literally 30 years ago, I got my first DJ mixer. It was a $99 Radio Shack mixer. I hooked it up to my parents' stereo. And I guess backing up a little bit, 
I was going to bar and bat mitzvahs and other parties, and I was like, this is cool. I want to do this. And like, that's just kind of how it started. Like, I was a guest at these parties, and I was kind of intrigued. Um, so, you know, I took my birthday money, and I, I got this little Radio Shack mixer. And at the time, I took my parents' home component stereo, which was, you know, one of those giant stereos with all the separate pieces. And I hooked up the tape deck to one side, and I don't was there a CD player? I guess there was a CD player on the other side. Uh, I think my dad owned like 10 CDs at the time. Which and one were they? I, 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 know you I remember Bruce out, Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, Total of Love was, was one of them. Fair, um, classic. classic. And, and that was like my first intro into DJing. And then uh, a couple months later, I had a friend in a similar position. And we just kind of got together. So his parents' home stereo and my parents' home stereo with one mixer, you know, combined and – I mean, in that was when you were confused on exactly how old Mike and myself kind of are. What did you can you can you run that back one more time? What'd you guys put together to yeah. what the whole st- tape decks, the whole tape, stereo tape decks, tape decks. <laughs> and and I mean, listen, I talk about dating, and we would record music off of the radio. The radio, I did the so, same thing, man. Uh, you know, was, uh, you guys are so old. Z, I guess it was Z100. Think about the radio not playing any of the, the songs that you wanted until like Friday or Saturday. And then like that hits countdown, the top 10. Yo, I would wait all week for like the countdown and like my life would stop because I'm like, yo, I have to get these songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. And, and these DJs would have a, a mix show on a Friday night or a Saturday night. I would sit home and I would record a 60 minute mix show on a cassette and then hope that I could cue it up to the right part of the song to play it at a party. So that was really like when it first opened. That's, that's kind of how I first got into music it. 101. Uh huh. You that's guys are like, so old. Tape decks oh. and radio mix shows. You guys I are mean, old. like the best, the, the, you know, getting into CD recorders and Napster was like the next big evolution. Um, but that was, that was 30 years ago. Um, and I, it's wild to say I'm still doing it and still love it. That's awesome. No, you actually probably had a taste of it, man. Lugging all of Bobby's crates in, in and out. The oh door. my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we used to carry a thing called a bear and it was called a bear because of how heavy it was because you had the amplifiers in it or like the crates and crates of CDs. But, uh, you know, that was only for a small portion of my career. And my- well, I, you, want, you want to talk about funny too. You know, my first few jobs, like I would, you know, do for free or I DJ in a friend's backyard. And I remember getting paid with a gift certificate to the CD store in the mall. Like, I get a $40 gift certificate to buy CDs and that was my pay for a gig. And, uh, geez, I think I spend that in fuel going to and from gigs now. So it's, it's, it's wild. And guys, if you're live in the chat right now, we got some people in here. So we want to know where'd you start? What was the first thing you learned on? Like drop it in the chat. Um, you know, jump in. This is a great topic. You know, we're, we're chopping it up uh, with Mike Langsner, one of the owners of explosive and, uh, kicking it off. I like how you're resetting the room, Jordan. That's amazing. Do my best, bro. Do my so best. Th- there's one more. There's one more very serious question that I think that is really important before we mix it up with uh, with some of Jordan's um, podcast decks. Uh, Mike, you're so put together, and th- the family's vibe with that. You're extremely thorough, and it seems like you know a lot about a lot of things, especially when it comes to event coordination and planning. The question is, and really the story that I want to know um, is, you weren't always an owner of explosive, nor were you an owner of an entertainment company. You kind of did it on the side for side cash, but you had another life before 
the DJ I, world. I like that you're asking questions that you already know the answer to. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be an informed host, right? Um, so I, I, want, I want to know the story behind this research. your previous life because it matters because that experience transcends into our into our industry and it's super valuable. Yeah. So the long story short of it was, you know, starting at 13, I DJed my way into, you know, high school and college. And uh, I started working at a nightclub called Katmandu in in Philadelphia. Uh, They had two locations, one in Philly and one in Trenton. And um, I didn't think I was good enough to work in these big clubs, but a friend of mine says, hey, well, you know, he was a bouncer there. He says, hey, come with me. They're having a, you know, open house hiring fest. So I filled out an application. I, I dropped off literally a, 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 I think it was also a cassette, but it might have been a CD, you know, of my demo. Um, and I got the job. So I was I was a DJ at the nightclub. I got to know the marketing manager really well. He became a very good friend of mine. And a year or so later, the um, he was hiring for like an assistant just a part-time assistant. And, you know, he actually skipped over me. He didn't know I was interested. I, I just graduated from college and I saw the, uh, the thing online and I, I said, how do I get this job? And he says, ah, it's below your work level. You know, I just need an assistant. And I said, but no, this is what I want to do. So he hired me to be his part-time assistant. It was supposed to be just a summertime gig. And at the end of the summer, um, the facility that I was at actually had a, a separate division, did a lot of banquets and the banquet manager actually just up and left one day. She had family issues. She just gone, poof, like no one saw or heard from her again. Um, the end of my summer was supposed to be the end of my you know, temporary job there. So the owners of the facility says, do you want to be the banquet manager? Now, the real funny thing about that was I've never waited tables. I've never bartended. I had no experience in catering whatsoever, but our experience as DJs, I knew how to run a party. I knew the order and the flow and how things were supposed to look. So I took the job. I had no idea, you know, how long or short lived lived that would be. Um, And fast forward, I held that job for 10 years. I was the banquet manager at that facility for 10 years. And we built a bar and bat mitzvah division. There really wasn't one prior. They did a couple little mitzvahs here or there, Um, but they didn't have order or structure or, really any elegance or pizzazz to it. And uh, I, you know, uh, I'd say pretty quickly into my stint there, we built a reputation for nightclub style bar and bar mitzvahs. And that's actually where I met Jordan. So that's kind of how the whole thing ties in. Um, Jordan was working at another company and that company was recommended by this facility. And we just, we loved what they did. They always put on great shows. Eventually Jordan started his own business and, he became my number one, you know, referral source. Um, Dylan, you might have been a dancer at that point, or this might even be pre-dance. You you might have been in bar mitzvah age actually at this point still. Can you can you give me like a close like a year like was it two thousand through two thousand and ten? And and Dylan, really quick, I, I don't like Mike won't talk about it on his own, but the severity of like how amazingly he took nothing literally. So Katmandu, God rest it, one of the dopest spots both nightlife private event that was literally like one of my favorite 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 stomping grounds you know back in the day before it obviously closed up but you know they had nothing nothing on the books not not a party not a single client mike took that within a year to being a like a million dollar plus business on his own 
You know, he built that it, whole it took thing. It took more than a year, it but was, yeah. It, it was, it, I mean, within, you had, you had really great ground running, man. You were steamrolling, dude. Like yes. just booking, booking and making people comfortable. We literally had people coming from our neck of the woods in Marlboro and Manalapan, and they were taking the 40 minute drive to Kathmandu. And right. they were like, it was, you know, we always try to tell our clients now, like to kind of look outside the box. If you're going to do 40 minutes north, 45 minutes north towards the city, you could totally do it south or west towards Trenton. And like, this was a stomping ground. Mike did a really, really great job of pulling in the, the right clientele. Um, the, the, it, they were serious parties that we were doing there back then. I, I'll say that for a spot that required no gear loading on our end to come in, just kind of set up shop, open up your favors and be ready to rock and roll. Just make sure your video's tied in. You got sound, you're good to go. It was always a home run for us. It was like our modern day Orem now. You know what I mean? mean? it was the best sound system around, best video system, lighting, and uh, and and the, you know just vast indoor outdoor space. It was perfect for parties. Um, what's the what's the, I need like a one sentence answer because then we got to get to some of this fun stuff. Uh, what is the most valuable thing you learned as a catering manager that helps you execute bar environments? That's an easy one. And the answer is staying calm. Uh, the world could be blowing up around me. But as a manager, I always had to remain calm. If I remain calm, my team remained calm. Team being waiters, bartenders, servers, busters, kitchen staff. You know, a chafing dish full of food could have fallen on the floor. And you just remain calm because it is what it is. Because if I was panicked, everybody else was panicked. And it trickled down and it would show to the audience. So I feel very much the same way in the world of what we do at Explosive if something is not working, if a light breaks, if a TV is not working, if you lose electricity, you just remain calm. You figure it out and seconds feel like hours, but you remain calm and it's only a couple seconds of downtime. Wow. What a segue. I can't believe you actually just said that because okay. we're going to dip into my deck here. I got some fun questions for you. Wait, Mike, so Jordan, wanna... explain, explain what you have there. You sure. Have... Sure. So, you know, uh, Dylan, myself, you know, we, we mess with all these different types of podcasts and I do have these pod deck subjects in front of me, um, that are designed to help enhance your podcast experience. They're all kinds of wacky, fun, different questions, stuff that's outside the box. And then we have some also interview questions. So I'm just digging randomly. And the fact that you said, Mike, anything could go wrong at any time is pretty crazy that I pulled this randomly. So my question for you is that what is the scariest or most nerve wracking sound that you could hear in the middle of a bar about mitzvah, something that just makes you crazy. Like what is like what is what like something happens and you're like, oh my god. Uh, I think I know. I think I know what he's gonna say, and I'll tell you if I'm right. So go ahead. It, it's it's actually no sound. There when, it is. Yep. It's it's no sound. It's it's when when the speakers just stop and volume just stops coming out of the speakers. That is by far the scariest thing that could happen at a party for a DJ. No DJ. No DJ. Yeah. You, go right, you go right into clapping and stomping and figuring it out. Yep. That's yeah. it. That's it. I love it. I love it. No, that, that, that is great. So, so if, if you say that that is the scariest sound, what is the best sound to hear yes. at an event? That's the best sound. Uh, applause. Just, you know, you could just feel the energy. Like you could see and feel the energy, the applause, the cheering. And it's within the first 10 minutes of the night that you know the, how the rest of the night's going to go. If the opening announcement, like, you know, you guys as MCs, if you're saying, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to make some noise, you know, before we bring in our guest of honor, if the room is erupting, that is sign that the rest of the night is going to be amazing. I love it. 
All right, Mikey. So I'm going to get a little bit more serious for a second. I want to know the best piece of advice that you've ever been given in this industry. Hmm. Our by mitzvahs are so tedious, so crazy. We know like week after week, we go in and we literally put ourselves on the burner every time. So, you know, there's got to be something that's just been locked in your brain or in your heart that's been true to you. So it's probably to never be the smartest person in a room. Um, so surround yourself with people that you want to learn from, you know, people that you want to be around and, and, you know, uh, we're lucky to be part of some incredible organizations throughout, you know, the DJ industry and all over the world. Yeah. There's some brilliant minds and they've become good friends and, and I, I admire them every day, everything that they're doing and saying. And I, I, so no, never be the smartest person in the room. Always surround yourself with people that are brighter and more experienced than you. Nice. Very well said. Okay, um, I'm up. According to Jordan, I'm up. You're um, up, bro. Okay, so we we had to we did it for for Jordan, and I kind of danced around the topic. But now it's time for you to tell us your embarrassing event story. It could be from your days as a catering manager. It could be as a, your days as a DJ. Or it could be with explosive. What is your embarrassing event story? So, so I thought of this in advance, and I have two, and they're very relative to what we were already talking about. Um, the first one was DJing in the nightclub. And, you know, you talk about no sound. Now, in the nightclub, we had giant monitors in the DJ booth. So I have these speakers pumping on me so I could hear what's going on. But the I actually blew the sound system in the club. So the entire sound system in the nightclub stops. But I can't even tell because the DJ booth is so loud. So now imagine a thousand people in the club dancing. And this the music goes off, but they could hear the DJ booth behind them. And they kind of turn around and here I am headset on dancing, you know, having fun, minding my own business in what they perceive as almost silence. Um, that, that was like an awkward moment, not, not necessarily embarrassing, but awkward. And here I am now literally sprinting through a crowd, trying to push my way through to get to the kitchen and turn all the breakers back on. So the rest of the nightclub can actually hear music. Um, but more embarrassing, also at that same club, um, I remember it was happy hour. We had, you know, probably a thousand people or so. And I was up on the stage setting up microphones and getting things ready for the band that was about to come in. And I guess it's very similar too. Um, I had a song playing and I realized at that moment, the song's about to end. Now I'm on the stage and the DJ booth is clear across the, the deck. So I decide I'm going to jump off the front of the stage like Superman and get to that DJ booth in four seconds before the song stops. Well, the song stopped mid-jump, and there were um, like ropes and stanchions in front of the stage. As I jumped, my back foot took the ropes and stanchions, so it was like the perfect storm of silence, and then a crashing sound of the ropes and stanchions, and me splat on my ass in front of a thousand people. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, going back, going you showed back to him, You showed him you were a human, right? You showed him you were a human being. Yeah. And then, you know, all I could do is just get back up, wave and go hit play on the next song. Right? <laughs> it shows that you're mixing live. Yeah. Truth. Even at happy hour. Go ahead, George. That's great. All right, Mikey. Um, not to get all morbid on you, but this is a really good question. So all of us, you know, we're, we're here for a good time, not a long time, kind of speak. Uh, when you die, what would you like to be remembered for in the bar and bar mitzvah industry? What a, that's a great question. Um. Just being honest, honest, like just being honest, being um, 
productive, you know, I'm not one that needs to have a legacy behind me, but I'd like people to look back and say he was a good guy and he was a hard worker and, you know, led a good team, Uh, you know, simple. That's, that's such a Mike answer. I love it. Perfect. You know what? Perfect. I think that, I think that Mike's living that legacy already. I think that uh, of all of us, you know, um, I, I think that Mike is, is true to form when it comes to that stuff. Um, you know, I've known him for a handful of years now. You've known him even longer. And I think that our team and our contemporaries and the people that we work with often uh, believe that about you already. Um, and I think, I think our, our families do too. You're going to get me all um, sentimental here. <laughs> Let's not inflate him too much. All right, let's let's, <laughs> let's bring him back down. I mean, the question was about death. I mean, yeah. Um, well, so we have about we have about ten minutes left, Mike, and um, I think that what I'd like what I'd like to do now is for the getting to know you phase is to understand what do you believe your approach to bar like how is your approach to bar and bot mitzvahs and bar and bot mitzvah development different than maybe mine or Jordan's or someone else in the industry? How is yours different? I don't think anybody has the exact same approach, but I really want to listen to my customers and I need them to come out of their shell. Like, you know, when you ask a customer questions, you know, what's the vibe, what's the vision, what are you looking for? If they say, I don't know, just a fun party. Like that irks me because how do you not know? You know, like I want people to come out of their shell and and tell us, and then I want to tweak what we do to deliver what they're looking for. So if they say, I want to have a lot of games or my kid is shy or, you know, or just the opposite, it needs to be an epic dance party. Then I figure out how to get them, you know, from start to finish and accomplish what they want. Um, We're not mind readers by any stretch. We kind of say that a lot. So my approach, I know that we have a perfect formula of, of the right flow of a party, my approach is taking that formula and just bending it a little bit per customer to give them a unique experience that fits their vision. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I listen to your, your appointments and your sales calls and, and those, you know, data meetings. And I mean, I would say that you're not saying a whole lot during those times. I mean, and I think that's powerful because in this industry, there's a, a lot of people who like to talk a lot. And I think having someone to just soundboard off of is is valuable. Your listening is key, I think. Um, And something I've learned is being able to say no is so important. Like if somebody has a bad idea and and actually uh, we we could talk about this uh, without mentioning names, but I I just previewed a montage. You you had an instance right now. Yeah. I just previewed a montage last night that was for an upcoming party. and, And frankly, we didn't make it. I didn't think it was a good representation of the family. Forget about us for a moment because it could fall on us if the audience watches and says, oh, the DJ did a crummy job. But in reality, I didn't think it represents this family who has such a polished approach to everything they did, but the montage was subpar. So I actually went back and I said, I think you should ask your editor to tweak this. You know, it's in your best interest to have this fixed Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we're going to play a montage that's 10 minutes long. You want the guests to actually enjoy it. And if that 10 minutes, it's not enjoyable, then why are we losing 10 minutes of a party? Folks, Mike's dropping solid gold right now. Like really, you know, find when you're selecting your vendors, you know, whether it's entertainment, photo, video, venue, any sort of, you know, uh, kind of a person or function that is going to help enhance your day, do your homework, 
find the vendors that are going to work with you. Something like that, Mike, I can't imagine how hard it was to go back to the client and actually be like, hey, you know, in the nicest way possible, you're going to want to redo this. You know, it was probably a tough conversation to have. And did you do that? Like, was it via email? Did you actually do it one-on-one? <laughs> the, like, the funny thing is it, it was it was text messaging at midnight. Okay. Um, that's you know, dedication. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that shows, you know, what we do with our customers. Now, the really tough part about it is the party's in like three days. So mm-hmm. they then, the family has to go back to the person who they hired to make the video, who I don't know. It could be a family member. It could be a friend, a neighbor. Uh, I, I might be somebody professional. If so, I'm kind of embarrassed for them. Um, and they got to say, hey, I know we're under the gun now, but you got to redo what you did already. And yeah, that's tough. So okay. Dylan, to answer your question, guiding customers and not being afraid to point out things that just won't help them. Okay. Uh, I got a few and J- Jordan, you got a few and we have five minutes left. So um, I got a lot of heat and I didn't expect to get a lot of heat for my mozzarella stick answer last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I didn't expect to get that kind of heat. I-, I thought it was a good answer, but what is your uh, favorite um, standard bar bat mitzvah event food? And then I got one follow-up question to that, Jordan, and then we'll go. Sure. Generally speaking at cocktail hour, it's the little hot dogs, the little pigs and blanket, but Anytime I'm at Orem, their flank steak at Cocktail Arab is the ish. That's the best, hands down. Okay. And I got one more for you, Mike. Uh, I asked this in, in my interviews, um, and I think that's a, it's an extremely telling question. If you were an alcoholic cocktail or beverage, what are you? This is a loaded question. There's a it's lot a of questions on this. I, the, my go-to for years was honestly Captain and Coke. And I'm going to say that, you know, captain and diet, I guess. Um, Delicious. I'm going to say that for number one, I'm a boater. So the whole captain thing kind of just fits my personality. And uh, it's a simple, easy going. It's hard hard to mess up. It's really a hard cocktail. (laughs) It could be a little stronger. It could be a little lighter, but it's a straightforward guarantee. That's me. You can also substitute Sailor Jerry if need be. But, oh yeah, god that, that's when oh. you take it to the next level that's right no <laughs> no the horror stories of sailor jerry wait you're a a crack, you're, are you are you a kraken guy are you a kraken guy no i'm, I'm really not into rum guys and you know that i'm not, I'm not you know not into rum um all right jordan uh you got two minutes and then we'll close this thing down what do you got for mike all right mikey here we come i'm gonna fire it at you what do you consider to be the most overrated enhancement in the barn industry oh Disclosure. Overrated, overrated. I'm going there. I want to know wow. what do I want to know based on like what we put together. You know, oh. you know our creativity. You know how we roll, right? Like we put together like serious one of one pieces. We're actually unveiling one this weekend. I'm super excited about it. But like, what's overrated, dude? Like, what, what people are just like, man, come on. Okay, I, I I'm gonna give you a couple. First off, dance floor rentals. Period. Okay. If I why I want to know why. Yes. I just can't stand if a venue has a hard floor tile, brick, whatever it is, you don't need to put a dance floor on top of it. It is an absolute waste of money. Just frame it out with tables and chairs. And what's left in the middle is your obvious dance floor. So when people spend two, three, four thousand dollars on renting a wood dance floor to put on top of another hard surface is a <laughs> giant waste of money. Um, especially when that same client probably nickels and dimes everything else. And you think about what two or three thousand dollars could get you. Right. Um, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> and you know what my my other my other thing I got I got a couple lounge furniture 
a lot of the time it's just there because it's there. Kids will sit anywhere. Like it looks awesome. And, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, but it looks awesome for the first five minutes. It, it it's it's a great addition if you're at a tent or a backyard. But honestly, seat, seat the kids at tables. Like, I mean, the days of having a bima or a dais, excuse me. Nice, yeah. Like, let's go back to that. How cool was it? All fifty kids at a table together, balloons on it, and that's your table. Like, right? I don't know. So that, that's probably my next overrated item. I like it. I like it. I like I like seeing like cool stuff like at sport themed events you do bleachers mm-hmm. instead of seating like I love that. See that's so overrated. That's that's awesome because creativity it fits the theme, you know. But uh, if I never saw a white leather couch again, I'd be fine with that. I mean, like it just it. it I don't know. It, All right, we're up. We're up against it. What's the what's the most underrated bar abutments enhancement? Staff, dancers. Mm. dancers um they do way more than just dance i hate i hate the word dancer um and i'm gonna double up and say zap shot photos too you know those two items are so integral in making taking an event to the next level um i hate when we have tvs and there's nothing on it but a logo then a 10 minute montage and a logo again for a minimal amount of money have a photographer showing pictures on loop I think is so amazing. And secondly, the dancers, you can never have enough period. You know, there's a school of thought that, Oh, I only have 50 kids. I only need two dancers. I almost think it's the opposite. Like the smaller parties need even more outgoing help. So I wish we could flip that mindset and say, Oh, your kids are shy. They don't dance. You don't have too many. Good. Let us, pump energy into your party by bringing you professional partiers, right. you know, and, and my own wedding, Jordan, you were there. My wedding was epic because I had dozens of professional partiers there. Your, your uh, guests were all, yeah. Performing talents. So I mean, right. Mike's, Mike's video is rock star status. Like it's, it's amazing. Right. You know? So that's the most underrated enhancements and they're right. simple. They're not building things from scratch. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're just they're your day-to-day simple items that have huge impacts. Yeah, big shout out to all of our event igniters at Explosive Entertainment. We appreciate you. Uh George, do you have a last one or you want me to close it out? Uh you can go ahead, Dylan. That's cool. Sure. Go for it. Um, what is Mike, let's close it out the right way. What is one thing that you wish that the world knew more about you? It could be, you know, a stat, it could be a figure, it could be an idea, it could be a belief. What is something that you wish the world knew more of in, in terms of me? Probably that I'm just, again, real and down to earth and not trying to rip anybody off. Like, you know, maybe it's not something for the world, but for a customer. If I'm on the phone right now with a new sales lead, there's nothing pushy about me. There's nothing that I'm trying to sell them that they don't need. I'm really just from my heart trying to guide them the right way. Right. And I, I could fully stand behind that too. That's a hundred percent true. You know, but to, to ever be accused of being, you know, a salesperson. Salesy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that kind of chaps my ass. That's just not me. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, episode 85, vice president, Mike Langsner in the hot seat. And that concludes our series of getting to know, uh, the ownership team here. And I hope that it kind of brought to light a little bit of uh humanness, 
humanness to to our company, right? Like we have this larger than life persona and larger than life brand, but it's just a couple of guys trying to throw really, really great events for families. So uh, on behalf of Jordan Marshall, Mike Langsner, my name is Dylan Weissman. Until we see you next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. And we'll see you on the dance floor real soon.